I so uh, missed it again. <laughs> I always want to read from the book of James when my grandson James is here. I know he'd really be excited about that, but unfortunately he and his mom uh, have bad colds today and they couldn't make it. So maybe next time. <clears throat> We're going to start off in the book of James in uh, chapter 1. But let me start off by saying, uh, do you remember last time you were at a, an amusement park? I know when we were young, we used to go quite often. Living in Cleveland, I used to go to a place called Euclid Beach, which was a little amusement park right on the lake, or Cedar Point. I guess around here, you all went to Idora Park, or some place in Pennsylvania nearby. But uh, one of the things that I used to do, uh, or like to do, was to go in the fun house, you know, where things would jump out and scare you, or, uh, you know, the floor would shake, or whatever. But I remember they'd always have one particular room where they would have these mirrors, full-length mirrors that would have kind of like waves in, in the mirrors. And you would stand before this mirror, and you would look comical. Either your head would be real big, or your head would be real tiny, or your legs would be extra long or extra short, because you know you can walk up to this mirror, and walk back from it, and your, your look would change. You'd look very fat, or you'd look very skinny. And it, it'd just crack you up. How could, that, how could they do that? How can they make a mirror that would make you look so weird? Well, you know, living in a fallen world, as we do, we often get a distorted impression of ourselves, don't we? It's different from God's impression of us. Our concept of ourselves might be based on maybe past sins or present sins. We almost hate to look in the mirror sometimes thinking, oh, this guy again. <laughs> you know, not only do we see the in my case, the thinning hair or the graying hair or the wrinkles, but there's other stuff going on inside that kind of colors the way you look at yourself. Maybe we have physical or emotional handicaps of one sort or another. Uh, maybe on our mind quite often is how people have hurt us over the years, memories of things that they've done or said to us. And you know, those things tend to stick with us. We can't get them out of our minds. And they always make us think of, yeah, I must be a loser because I've been called a loser so many times in my life. Or, you know, my physical handicaps limit me so much. Uh, it kind of gives you a sour impression of yourself. You compare yourselves to people that are healthy or people who seem to have no worries in their life and no problems in their life. Or sometimes you think about how you have hurt other people. And you think, wow, what, what must people think of me? Or maybe it's just bad experiences we've had that we felt were unfair. Accidents, deaths, sicknesses, diseased. And maybe sometimes we hold certain things against God. And we're disappointed in God that, why did you let that happen? Or why didn't you stop that from happening? We look pretty bad to ourselves when we look in our mirror our own personal self-perception, don't we? I think we all feel that to one extent or another. Wouldn't it be interesting to be able to see ourselves the way God sees us? Because he doesn't see us the same way as we see ourselves. 
So as we open to James chapter 1, let's pray. Father, you know the world that we're living in, unfortunately. Uh, You know what we've made it. You made it a beautiful garden of Eden at the beginning where we could all walk with you and talk with you, but we changed all that by our sin. So, Father, we seek to be able to see ourselves in spite of ourselves. We'd like to see ourselves the way you see us. Won't you help us to do that today? As we open your word, please inspire us today and give us that view from your perspective. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. We'll begin reading in James 1, verse 23. James says, Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So we're talking about God's mirror here. This is God's mirror. Now I look at this book and I don't see myself like I do in my mirror at at home. To see myself, I have to read what's in here. That's another good reason to read your Bible. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. One of the spiritual disciplines. Nothing sinks in unless you actually read this. So you you got to read it. You got to put forth the effort. What I read in this book reflects the real me and the real you. The you that God sees. Now our Our minds and our views of ourselves are clouded in so many ways, and we suffer because of that. Some of us don't like ourselves. Some people hate themselves. And God doesn't want us to have that view because he sees a different view. The Bible reflects the real you, how you were created, and how God has redeemed you in spite of all of your sins. You know, for a long time, I didn't enjoy reading the Bible because every time I read the Bible, it pointed out something that I was doing wrong in my life regarding the law. I had imperfections, still do, but this is different. God's mirror points out to us the real us. The real us that transcends sin because God has redeemed us. It shows us the new us, if you will, okay? And that's the view that God wants us to focus on. And that's the view that he provides for us in his word. Now, what James is talking about here, and this is what I didn't like about reading the Bible years and years ago, is that God in his word does not continually point out to us our sins. He points out to us what has happened since we've been redeemed, since we've been born again, since we've been made new, a new creation. 
Now, people could do that. They can still look at the Bible and, you know, it's like smacking yourself in the face because every time you see how you've come short of God's law. Well, God says in, in his word that the law, the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, uh, the law that was part of the covenant with Israel was given to show us what sin is. If we didn't have that law, nobody would know what sin is. But now that Jesus has come and has paid the penalty for all of our sins, God also shows us in his word the new us and what that looks like to him. And it's a much more encouraging view of ourselves. And that's what he wants us to focus on. He says here, don't read the word and then walk away and forget what you've read. Forget about the view now that God shows what we're like now. We need to remember that. Don't forget it. Don't forget what you look like. But look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. That's different. You know, the Old Testament law was called a law of bondage because people were in bondage to it and death was the penalty for it. The Bible also talks about another law. Paul called it the law of Christ. He said, I'm not in bondage to uh, the, the old law. I keep the law of Christ, the one that he brought us about loving God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. That's a law that brings freedom. And we're all living in freedom right now. And we need to continue to look into that new view of us and not forget about it. And by doing that, by remembering it, we'll be blessed in what we do. So God wants us now to have a positive outlook on life. And thanks be to God through his son, Jesus Christ, we can have that. Now, like I said, we know that we're not saved by our keeping of the law. As it said in Ephesians 2, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. This not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. You're not saved by works so that no one can boast. We're saved by grace. It's a free gift. And also in Galatians 2, 16. Know that a man is not justified by observing the law. But by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Let me repeat that. By observing the law, no one will be justified. So we realize that it's a different standard that we're held up to now. That's why I was so depressed reading the Bible. I don't wanna read about all the stuff I'm doing wrong. I know I'm a sinner. I know I've come short of what God expected of me. I don't need to be reminded about that again. Well, we're saved by grace. And God has given us now a new law, the law of Christ. It's a law that brings freedom. We're not in bondage any longer. So God didn't give us his word so we can continually be reminded of our shortcomings, which we still all have. We're, we're doing better than we used to be, but we still struggle. He gave us his word so that we can look into it as a mirror and see ourselves as God sees us in our new identity in Jesus. Amen. Now, how does God see us? Well, just a couple of 
quick verses. Colossians 3, verse 12, were addressed as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. <laughs> you know, I went through, you know, the first years of my life into my teenage years and early 20s, not thinking that I was dearly loved. I thought that I was in and out of God's doghouse on a daily basis. And I got confused about that because every time I sinned, I thought, well, God hated me again. But then when I did a good thing, as an altar boy, I went and served at mass and helped out in the church. Then I was in God's good graces again. But then shortly I was out of it again, <laughs> in and out constantly. But God says with no uh, reservations, that I am chosen, holy, not with my own holiness, but with the holiness of Jesus Christ that has been credited to me, and I'm dearly loved all the time. All the time. That's how God sees me, and that's encouraging to me. Another verse, 1 John 3, verse 1. I'll turn to this one, one of my favorites. 1 John 3, verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Not talking about something in the future. It's talking about something right now. We are children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, Jesus, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So that's what God thinks of me. I don't deserve it. I'll be the first to admit that. But that's how he views me. When I look in the mirror of God, which is his word, and I wouldn't know these things unless I read them in his word, okay, I'd feel miserable. And that's why so many people in the world today are turned off to religion. They don't want to bother with the Bible. They'd sooner think that God doesn't even exist. That makes them feel more comfortable. But knowing God and knowing his desires for us, and we didn't have to do anything to earn this. It was given to us by his grace. And then one final one. Again, this is how God looks at us. Romans 8, verse 1. Another one of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 1, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God does not count my sins. He does not hold them against me. There's not a day coming in the future when he's going to put my life on a scale. And if the sin side is heavier than the good deed side, I'm going to hell. That doesn't exist. That is not how God judges us. Because my salvation has nothing to do with my works. It has to do with the grace of God. And it took a long time for that to sink into my head. But you know what? It's freeing to know that and to understand that. And that's how God wants us to see ourselves. So we're not burdened anymore by penalty of our sin or the risk of going to hell. We are free. We've got that all lifted off our shoulders 
We're saved by God's grace. Now he says, go about doing good works for people. You're supposed to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we're able to do that because we're freed of the heavy yoke of the law, the yoke of sin. Yeah, we still stumble from time to time, but it doesn't risk our salvation. God is not counting those sins. They're forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, that might sound very simple to you, but it took me a while to get that point and for, to really believe it and think it could apply to me. He says that you're dearly loved, you're highly valued, he esteems you, he has made you righteous and made you his child. And Jesus has even said that he was going away to prepare a place for you individually Amen. in your heavenly reward. And I, it's waiting for you right now, just a matter of time until you die or until Jesus Christ returns, that you're going to inherit. You're co-heirs with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I like God's mirror a whole lot better than my mirror. Amen. My mirror's got the waves in it. And it makes my head too big and my feet too small. I love God's mirror. That's very encouraging to me. And I want to keep looking into God's mirror, even though every morning I have to look in my own mirror but I make it as quick as possible, and I shave and do my hair and all that. And I prefer to spend more, much more time in God's mirror. Let's turn back to James 1 again. So that's what he tells us to do. He says, when you look in God's mirror, remember what you've seen. Well, we read it, but in a sense, we're seeing it. Do not merely listen to what I've just read to you about God's view of us. This is verse 2 of, I'm sorry, 22 of James 1. Do not merely listen to the word, what I just explained to you about how God sees us. And so deceive, deceive yourselves. Because if you let yourself fall back into the habit of dwelling on your own sins and dwelling on your own problems and what people say about you and what people think about you and uh, sicknesses you've had and accidents you've had and deaths in the family. Don't dwell on that because if you do, you're deceiving yourselves. Do what it says. Act on what you've just been told, God's view of you. Let it be a joy to your life. Let it be uplifting and believe it. Because a lot of times we hear things like that and we think, oh, that can't apply to me. God can't forgive that sin. He can't let that go. Do what it says. Verse 23, anyone who listens to the word, what God thinks of you, but does not do what it says, does not let that become your reality in your life. You got to believe it because God said it's true how he sees you. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like <laughs> through God's eyes. We know what we look like through our own eyes, but that's not reality. We need to believe God's word. Verse 25, the man who looks or woman who looks intently into the perfect law that we've been given through Jesus Christ, that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. 
And I know people in, in God's church over the years, when I've preached this, who just can't believe it. Uh, that can't apply to me. <laughs> my, my sins are too big. My deeds are too dark. Uh, God can't, you know, I just don't feel that he, he would forgive this. You're like the person who looks in the mirror and forgets what you've just seen or what we've just read. And there's a joy missing in your life. There's a peace missing in your life. Because maybe you think you're special. You know, you're worse than everybody else or you're, you know, your intent is, is worse than any, anybody else. You know, God forgives sin. By the blood of Jesus Christ, sin, all sin, has been forgiven. Amen. And it applies to you. You know, if you think you're special and somehow you're left out of that group, that's self-righteousness. In a kind of a twisted sort of way, you think that you're better or more important or a special case. We're all sinners. We all stand before the cross of Jesus Christ, and his blood is, is on us. And the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us this. In fact, the scripture says that in Romans 8, verse 16. Romans 8 and verse 16 says this. And I know it took the Holy Spirit a while to convince me of this reality, this truth that my sins are forgiven, that I'm God's child, that I'm beloved. He says here, the Spirit, capital S, Romans 8, verse 16, and when you see the Spirit with capital S, it's the Holy Spirit, okay? The Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So in some of us, there's a struggle. The Holy Spirit is, and I don't know how he does this, but we have a spirit, a human spirit in us, and he works on that spirit, and he says, listen, you're a child of God. You're much beloved. Your sins are forgiven. Your heavenly reward awaits you. Live in that reality. Let go of the burden of your sin, okay? This is a gift from God by his grace. That's how much he loves you. And the Spirit's trying to convince us, and we're thinking, oh, that can't apply to me. My sins are so bad, I can't let that go. And for some of us, it takes the Spirit an extra period of time, but he's doing it. Get out of the way. Let him do his work. Be convinced. Pray about it. Ask God to convince you that this is true. Take that burden off your life and live the kind of life of peace and joy that God intends for you. You know, the gospel is good news. It's not so-so news. It's not mediocre news. There's a blessing intended there from God. He's not saying that your life is going to be perfect from this point forward, but there's a certain amount of burden from sin that you're to let go of. You're carrying a weight around on you that you need to release yourself from. Well, God's releasing it from you. You just need to believe it because it's true. One last scripture here in 2 Corinthians 5. Our view has to change. Our view of ourselves. And we've had that wavy and twisted view of ourselves for so long that, you know, it's, for some people it's turned into mental problems. We, we have, there are people in mental institutions because they've kind of snapped. They, they can't let go of this. this. Jesus has come to release us from this and all that it entails. It's a blessing from him. Salvation is a great blessing in so many ways that 
he's got to change that view of ourselves. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. And like I said, we've, we all know people to this day who are like this, who can't let go of their lives, of their sin or what people have done to them. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16. So from now on, okay, if, if you haven't done it yet, start now. From now on, from this day on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And that includes ourselves. You know, we can say, well, I'm fine with other people. I don't have a problem. It's me that's the problem, okay? I can't let go of looking in that wavy mirror because I sure look funny and twisted and, uh, you know, obtuse. He says, we don't do that anymore. Why? Because Jesus has rescued us from that. He is healing us from that. So from now on, from this point forward, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We don't look at them or ourselves through that goofy mirror. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. We're viewing them the way God views them, through God's mirror, okay? And they look all totally different. We don't focus on what's wrong with them. We don't focus on their problems. We look at them in, with loving eyes the way God does. You know, no matter how we've messed ourselves up or other people have messed us up or we've been messed up by happenstance or accident, God looks at us as his beloved children. He oversees all that physical stuff that we tend to focus on. There's no judging, you know, kind of like the uh, Pharisee in the temple when the publican came in with him to pray. And what did the Pharisee say? Lord, I thank you that I'm not like that slob with all of his hang-ups and problems. What a self-righteous approach. But the, the publican all couldn't even say anything except God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. So our whole view of ourselves and of other people has been changed drastically. Amen. Like he says here, if, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. You can say, okay, I believe that for my other people, my friends, but they can't accept that that, that means me, too. Yeah, you, too. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So it's not just the way we view ourselves now. That's great if we can accomplish that. But we need to view other people in the same way. Because we've been given a spirit, a mission to reconcile, bring other people back to God too. It says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors. So when we get in a conversation with somebody and they're so depressed, so down, we're sent there to encourage them. Say, listen, you know, believe it or not, God does not hold your sins against you. Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. So you don't owe a penalty anymore. Maybe encourage them to accept Jesus as their personal Savior. 
and show them how God truly views them. Not how you view yourselves in your goofy mirror, your twisted mirror, but look at yourself the way God looks, you and looks at you and really believe it. And yes, it applies to you. Amen. You know, God hates to see us struggle and he hates to see it, especially when somebody has given his life or her life to her savior who's redeemed and still struggles with some of these concepts in their own life. They just can't let it go. God says, let it go. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to battle your spirit to convince you of these things so that you truly believe them and ease up on your life, okay? You're carrying too much weight. It's driving you crazy. These things are burdening you, whether you realize it or not. I've come to bless you. You know, when Jesus started his ministry, he read a prophecy out of the book of Isaiah that says, I've been sent to release the prisoners. And people are imprisoned by their view of themselves. So I'm not saying that your hair is going to fill in <laughs> or it's going to turn from gray back to brown again. You're just going to live with that. But when you look in that mirror, imagine how God sees you. It, it's you. It applies to you. It's his word. It's his mirror that we're looking in. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you understand how difficult this is for us. When we've been raised in such a way and when we've experienced so many things in this life, it's beaten us down. It's harmed us. It, it's convinced us that we're just twisted and broken and, and hopeless and worthless. So, Father, you have not only sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come and die for our sins, but you have come to heal us from inside out. And a lot of stuff going on in our mind we need to be healed from. We can't do that. You know, people, as you know, are taking drugs to try to help that. They're trying to seek help from doctors and mental institutions. But only you have the ability to provide the healing that we need. So... We pray, Father, for us here in this room. Help us to be ambassadors of this message to others. Help us to kind of show them the mirror and tell them, not just to say, go read your Bible, but to say, Father, this is how God sees you. And it's true. He loves you. You're his child. Uh, there can be a reward in store for you. And all you have to do is believe it and maybe guide them along the way. So, Father, uh, we put this in your hands. This is above our pay, pay scale. <laughs> when it comes to healing minds and hearts, only you could do that. So we pray, Father, for your, your work in this and do a convincing work. Thank you, Father. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.